Hello again, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to it. I am Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 10th day of April 2023. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great Easter. It's, uh, yeah, that's it. The weekend's over. Always a drag when the weekend is over. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or Derek Hunter dot Wait, no, DerekHunter.Locals.com. Yeah, I can't remember. That'll make your Mondays that much better. Bonus material. You can save the weekend effing review until Monday or Sunday or whatever you want. That'll brighten your day. Lower your blood pressure or increase it, I guess. Could be either one, but it'll help you feel better about yourself. Plus, you get to enter contests. And who wins what will be announced at the end of the show. And that'll also be accompanied by what is up for grabs this week. You gots to play to win. You gots to be a member to enter. Appreciate the support. All right, let's get started. There's a lot going on. There's a bunch of things to talk about, and uh, we have to start just a little bit. I don't want to spend a lot of time with it, and I thought, gee, should I cut up the uh, audio from this? And I thought, no, I, I don't really want to. I don't. I don't care. The, uh, the legislators, two of the three legislators, Democrats, in Tennessee were expelled. The white lady wasn't, and now the left is going, oh, see, it's racism. It's, I don't know what the deal is. She's 60 years old. She's been in there for a long time. She might have a friend. She lost by, or she held onto her seat by one vote. I don't know the intricacies of it. I don't care. I enjoy seeing radical progressives punished. I don't really care about the circumstances. There's uh, Justin Peterson and Justin Jones. They've been expelled. Oh, And it's, of course, the left is running around screaming, it's racism, racism, racism. One of them was on Morning Joe. The other, like, Well, now they have the time to be on Morning Joe. They can run for their seats again, by the way, in a special election. They'll probably win. Let's be honest, the bar for victory and the bar for being elected as a Democrat is about as as high as you can dig, honestly. So they'll win. I mean, hell, how many cities can you think of that just elect wildly incompetent showboating leaders who are more about giving a good speech to rile people up than they are about getting anything done? These people were expelled because they engaged in blatant rules violations and on the floor of the legislature. Uh, legislature. All they had to do was not be... It's a very simple rule. And the bar for keeping your job is, is incredibly low for any politician, really. All you got to be is not a jerk. All you got to be is not a jerk. Don't be in a rear end, an exit portal for digested food and you will keep your job. You'll be fine. You won't get expelled. You can go out and say anything you want, no matter how defamatory, no matter how big of a lie it is. You can go up to a bank of microphones out in the hallways, out on the steps of whatever building you work in, and you can do whatever you want. You can go to a television studio, but on the floor where everybody works... There are rules, and there have to be rules, or else we'll end up, like I said the other day, 
being like all that footage of the Philippines. Now, I wouldn't mind seeing, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I wouldn't mind seeing some of these people get decked, right? I wouldn't mind seeing some people on our team get decked, quite honestly, down there on the floor. But I don't really want to see it because I know that that is just one more step towards disaster. So the more you can do to hold people accountable, ideally, if there were, I don't have a lot of hope. Let me just say that. I don't have a lot of hope that we won't lead towards the the Filipino throw, uh, throwing of chairs and things like that. I don't have a lot of faith. Why? Because there isn't a single Democrat who stands up and says, you know, you guys, you shouldn't have done this, okay? I'm going to vote to expel you because you shouldn't have done this. And you knew you shouldn't have done this. And you knew you shouldn't have done this, which is why you did this. You knew the attention it would get you. I'm going to vote to expel you. Then I'll donate to your campaign, some from my campaign coffers, to get you reelected in the special election. But this, let this be a warning shot. Because like I say, both of these clowns will end up back in there. I promise you they are undistinguished, unaccomplished. It's kind of funny because if you, you talk about a, a, a black man and you say, wow, he's a really good speaker. Really gave a good speech. He's... Uh, and you, you use the wrong words. Oh, wait, you can't say that. You can't say that's racist. To say, unless you're Joe Biden, then you can say that Barack Obama is clean and articulate and a fairy tale and et cetera, et cetera. So you could do that and get away with it and be perfectly fine. But you can't say, you know, these guys, these guys have the political chops. They're, they're good speakers. They just don't have any accomplishments. It's all sizzle and no steak. Can't say that. But you could. You should. De- there should be a Democrat come out and say, "Look, you shouldn't have done this. I'm voting to get you out there. You know, I'll help you get reelected again. But let this be a warning. Let this serve as a warning to you that this is not how you conduct yourself on the floor of the House. You can go do whatever you want, but you've got to say, you know, my good friend, my colleague, my this, my that, my the other thing. They drill that into your head as a new member in the orientation. They say these are the rules, and there will be punishments for violating those rules." They violated those rules. Sorry, you're out for now. Anyway, um, they're, of course, trying to make it about race. I don't know why the white lady didn't get expelled, but it was one one vote that saved her. I imagine she has, like, a really close friend who's a Republican who goes, oh, I can't vote against Betty or whatever. But they're gone. And the media is beside themselves. This is racism. This is this. This is that. This is the other. Can you believe? They're doing. They're all over Morning Joe. They're all over CNN. If you watch these guys speak, they do deliver a fine speech. They also really are, one of them, is delivering a uh, hell of an impersonation of Denzel Washington playing Malcolm X. The the cadence, everything. I think it's Justin Pearson. Justin Jones looks like he's wearing an outdoor jacket, like a a uh, a fall jacket that just happens to be cut with lapels like a suit jacket. He's wearing that as his suit. I fine. I don't like wearing suits either, but I mean, come on. If it's if it's insulated it's not a suit coat. Go to Men's Warehouse and pick up a suit coat. But the left, like I say, is beside itself. 
MSNBC is providing the sort of uh, legal analysis you might expect. Uh, Fat Albert, white-haired Fat Albert, Ellie Mistal is out there on MSNBC saying, Tennessee has now given the entire country an abject lesson in critical race theory better than any AP history course ever could have. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows it now. Everybody gets exactly what's going on. Every time white-haired Fat Albert is upset, it's a good day for America. Now, if Democrats don't want accountability, then they have to have one standard. If protesting inside the U.S. Capitol, storming the U.S. Capitol, is a violent insurrection, when there's no real way to actually perform an insurrection, to perform a rebellion or whatever, there's no... There's no secret staff in there that if you hold this staff, you are now the president of the United There's nothing like that. If that's bad, then doing it in Tennessee's Capitol building is just as bad, is it not? It, it doesn't matter what the cause is. It's the concept that's wrong. But it does matter what the cause is to the left. See, the ends justify the means, and any end, any means to get to a progressive end is okay. Barack Obama, Barry Soweto himself, took to his Twitter account. He took time off of his counting money to weigh in on this. It says the nation was. This nation was built on this nation was not built on peaceful protests by the way this this nation was built on revolution I thought it was built on slavery I thought it was built on racism and white supremacy they just whatever it is the nation is built on whatever it is they decide at the moment the nation was built on they don't seem to know the first damn thing about this nation but they insist they know what it's that's not who we are that's not who we are that's not who we are and this nation was built on everything. This nation was built on peaceful protest. No elected official should lose their job simply for raising their voice, especially when they're doing it on behalf of our children. Well, wait a second, Barry. Okay, no elected official should lose their job for simply raising their voice. They're not being uh, losing their job for simply raising their voice. They are losing their job for raising their voice in violation, clear violation, unambiguous violation of the rules of the House in Tennessee. That's, that's the difference. But don't you love it? No one should lose their job for raising their voice, especially when they're doing it on behalf of our children. Oh, wait. So there's a special carve-out? Especially for and they say do this all the time. They have their favorite thing. This this will hurt people, poor people, particularly poor trans women of color. How do you how do you how do you measure that? How do you know if something's going to hurt people, hit people hard? Why why the carve out? If it's bad, it's bad. Do degrees of bad really matter? Especially when you can't prove the degrees of bad. Oh, because especially a dude in a dress. How will this tax policy harm a dude in a dress? More so, because I would go ahead and posit that the dude in the dress probably not paying a whole lot in taxes. Just throwing it out. I don't, I'm not sure the dude in a dress is really raking it in. Maybe he is, but I doubt it. So how is that going to really hammer 
the dude in a dress more so than, say, the small business owner, right? I, how? They never say. They never say. But they always throw that caveat in there because nobody ever questions them about it. They just go, oh, yes, especially when you're doing it on behalf of children. If you're doing it on behalf of other constituents who aren't children or who, uh, you know, engage in straight sex or have the wrong skin color, then screw them. But if you're doing it on behalf of this particular favored group at a moment, then it's cool. The Democrats, of course, have no concern for these children one of their own killed the three children that set this off and the three adults there's no mention of the tranny killer oh you can't say yeah i can i just did and i will again that's how it look if they want to play by these rules i'm not going to sit there and make sure that i use the proper pronouns and don't upset don't upset the people who just chased riley Gaines out of giving a speech i'll ask you what the point of holding hiring you know, physical armed security is if somebody can be attacked. That's because I think that, you know, even if you just billy club somebody to the uh, the knee or the side of the head and they go down like a sack of potatoes crying, then I suspect that the person behind them might go, whoa, <clears throat> I'm not going to charge past that person. Just saying. But Barry Obama was not done. says, what happened in Tennessee is the latest example of a broader erosion of civility and democratic norms. Silencing those who disagree with us is a sign of weakness, not strength, and it won't lead to progress. Oh, Barry, silencing those who disagree with you by, like, what, calling them racist? I mean, that was your playbook. That was your whole can- You You didn't do it personally. You were smart enough to sit back and let everybody else do it. And the media dutifully did it on your behalf. They didn't need to be told the hive mind does not need to be given orders. But silencing those who disagree with us is a sign of weakness. What would you say that is uh, tapping the phones of, say, reporters who report things that you don't like? Is that that cool? Because you did that. Your administration did that. What about the... uh, Hacking into emails of reporters reporting things you don't like. Is that cool? I just, I, I want to know where the line is. It's, it wasn't necessarily silencing them. It was dutifully and vigilantly trying to find their sources so that you may punish their sources, deny them sources going forward thereby inhibiting their ability to do their jobs, therefore really silencing them. But, you know, let's not take that step, okay, Barry? It won't lead to progress. Okay, well, if you don't want to silence those who disagree with you, then you must really be pissed off at Lois Lerner, am I right? Because what did she do? She used the power of the Internal Revenue Service at your discretion, at your nudging. Not direct order again. Barry doesn't give direct orders. He just makes it clear what he wants. That you wanted, you didn't want all these Tea Party groups to be able to raise money because then they would have been able to run television ads and they would have been able to campaign against you. They don't want that. So Lois Lerner did what? She stopped them getting their tax-exempt status. She stripped others of it that they already had. She silenced your critics, Barry. I still anxiously await your outraged speech at that concept because it's not who we are it's not who we are especially when you're doing it on behalf of children i mean not the unborn children (laughs) 
to hell with them, right? I mean, get the wood chipper ready. Let's get those suckers out of there. But everybody else, and, you know, only really certain children. The hypocrisy runs deep, ladies and gentlemen, is the lesson I'm trying to convey here. It wasn't just Obama sitting around whining about, you don't have much of a case. If you're out there, you're trying to silence your opponents. Tell us again. Get Lois Lerner on the phone. Barry, let's let's see what Lois Lerner has to say. Oh, yeah, you're the one who sicked the IRS on people. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no uh, threat to our democracy. Oh, yeah, really? Huh. Rashida Tlaib, of course, she, they all chimed in. This is This is almost better for fundraising than... The Trump trial, the Trump indictment, Rashida Tlaib chimes in, this is fascism, expelling your political opponents for demanding action on gun violence when children are dying is disgusting. You know what is disgusting, Rashida? I mean, aside from the reflection in your mirror, but what else is disgusting is uh, calling for the extermination of Israel. Yeah. Ooh, wait, no. Yeah, no, that's you. That's you. It's also, you know, if you're going to throw around the word fascism, you should probably make sure you... You shouldn't, because so much of your political beliefs were implemented by the Nazis, were sought by the Nazis. Oh, yeah, they were progressives. The National Socialist German Workers' Party, not the National Capitalist German Workers' Party. Yeah, they meant the socialist part. Too. They meant that we hate and want to eliminate a whole bunch of people, just like Democrats do now, but they, they also meant the socialism bit. They were just honest. That's the, what's the difference between a Democrat and a, uh, a Nazi? The Nazis were pretty open about the socialism bit, too. But yeah, she's... Uh, to, uh, now, you got to love the, the way that they add these caveats. Obama is, especially when trying to save children from... Okay, so then free speech matters and is important and should be protected if you agree with your agenda. Again, expelling your political opponents for demanding action on gun violence when children are dying is disgusting. But expelling your political opponents isn't. Expelling your political because expelling your political opponents is disgusting would be an acceptable and universal principled statement. But throwing the caveat in there well, for demanding action on gun violence when children are dying is is disgusting is a little bit so expelling your political opponents for other reasons is cool, right? Expelling your political opponents for other reasons is cool. What about what about changing the rules in order to get your way in a democracy in the middle of the, you know getting rid of the filibuster? Well, that's different. What about uh, what about taking the Supreme Court and packing it? Right, the Supreme Court says no, you can't do that. The Constitution limits the power of the federal government, and this is a clear violation of the rights of the individual. And uh, you say, well, that's neat and all well and good, but what we need to do is now change the. We must change. We respect the Supreme Court, so we must change it so it rules in our favor. Is that is that disgusting? Rashida Tlaib? Now, 
it's now now if Republicans do that. See, up in Wisconsin, Republicans have just lost an election that gave the left temporary control of the state's Supreme Court, right? But Democrat Republicans have a supermajority in the legislature there. They could impeach and remove liberal justices, which would be, you know, perfectly constitutional. Be probably wrong morally, but constitutional. There are plenty of things that are wrong morally, but constitutional, and vice versa. But if Republicans did that, I promise you, the left would burn down the state. The left would burn down the state. But you do pretty much the same thing on a federal level. You're threatened to do it. You try to do it. And were it not for Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, they would do it. Um, and it's cool. It's okay. It's for the right cause. Now, if your morals or what you consider to be morals are situational, you don't actually have morals at all. <laughs> if they are dependent upon who is, if something is wrong, dependent upon who's doing it in your eyes, then it's not really wrong. It's that you're a partisan hack. Pretty simple, pretty basic stuff. Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, somebody who has literally done more harm to children generationally than anything else in history, honestly, by shutting down and keeping shut down the education system in this country, particularly in blue areas where it already sucked for extended periods of time because her union goon squad didn't want to go back to work and she found it a perfect opportunity to extort money. She has some thoughts about what went on in Tennessee as well. She took to her Twitter account and said, two weeks after six people, including three children, were gunned down at a Nashville Christian school, what does the Tennessee legislature do? Vote to expel two black members who peacefully protested for gun safety. This is a repugnant abuse of power. You know repugnant, Randy. You've seen what is in the reflection on a spoon. You've seen it. Ugh. Yuck. Randy will get in trouble. She didn't capitalize the word black the way everybody else has. She's obviously not up to date on her latest AP grievance style, but it is repugnant a repugnant abuse of power. What would you say keeping tens of millions of school kids out of school unless and until you get more money for the schools that are already flush with cash. Now they have so much money that there are school districts across the country, big time cities that have more money. They, they literally don't know what to do with it. Now they're thinking, well, we want to put an espresso machine in the weight room. We want to build a playground. We want to do this. This was all supposed to be COVID relief money. Also, back when people thought the vaccines worked, Randy was, what, leading the charge, going, yeah, sure, you should want to probably get the uh, elderly and people with pre-existing conditions the shot first, since, you know, the most vulnerable people. But before all of them, before any of them, really, what we really need is teachers to get cuts in line. We're vital. We're crucial. And then they got the shot, and then they said, yeah, but we're still not going back to school. 
I mean, thanks for the shot, but uh, you you can go to hell. We're not going to go back to school yet. Yeah, that's Randy Weingarten. She knows repugnant abuses of power. It's who she is. She's actually four foot nine, but uh, three feet of that is repugnant abuses of power. So it's about 60% of her height is a repugnant abuse of power. And then we have Maryland's own, the GOP's own, the uh, official mascot of MSNBC. He's the one who says, allows MSNBC to go, we have a Republican on staff. Let's go, let's turn to conservative, this hardcore conservative, Michael Steele. <laughs> Michael's, yeah, hardcore conservative, Mike, what do you... What are you uh, conservative on, Mike? Which of your formerly articulated beliefs do you still hold dear, Mike? Anything? Anything at all? I'll give you a second. You can check your bank account balance. You can see how many zeros are on that MSNBC check, and then you can, I don't know, decide how moral you are. But he says, uh, amen, in response to the Ellie Mistal thing about everybody knows what's going on. This is about CRT, because everybody knows that Republicans, good, solid conservatives, take as gospel truth what Ellie Mistal of the nation, I think it is, has to say, and are big supporters of critical race theory. Big supporters of critical race. Everybody knows that. That's a Republican Party platform. Plank is, we support CRT and we want it more in schools. Right, Mike? He says, amen. Oh, the irony for my party, which has reviled and rallied, railed against CRT. Your party? Kiss my ass, Mike. Oh, the irony for my party, which has reviled and railed against CRT, which they could neither define nor begin to explain. See, he's super smart. He knows what it is. He knows what it is. He also is one of those uh, piles of human excrement who was just a few months ago going, nobody's teaching critical race theory in school. (laughs) Republicans are crazy. Critical race theory in school. Now they're going, critical race theory is important and we need it to keep it in schools. What do you mean keep it in schools? How the hell? Look, we can't, we can no longer deny it's so obvious, so patently obvious, that it is all over the schools and all over the progressive mindset that is trying to rot the brains of children that we now just have to pretend that we knew it was there all along and we never denied it at all. And Michael Steele, being the solid conservative that he is, really the, the joke sellout tool bag that he is, just glosses over it. They could neither define nor begin to explain. Ah, we could. Good, Mike. Uh, the reason, it's always somebody... You use a word, you use a big word around a stupid person, right? And they go, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? And you look at them and they go, oh, yeah. But why don't you go ahead and explain it to everybody else in the room? I'll let you explain. We're the only two people in the room. Michael Steele, they don't even know what critical race theory is. Yeah, we do, Mike. Oh, yeah, sure, sure you do. Well, why don't you, since you're so smart, Mike, why don't you go ahead and explain it? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. You, 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 you go ahead. I'll, I'll, I wouldn't want to deprive you of the uh, of the joy of explaining it. No, 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 you go ahead. Yeah, Mike, we, we all know what you are. 
It's okay. He continues, uh, which they can either define or begin to explain, are watching their fellow Republicans in Tennessee give the best example of it. Just effing rich, exclamation point. Oh, Mikey. You're so tough. You're so cool. You're so smart. Give the best example of it. The best example of it is holding people accountable for their actions. I don't think that's the best example of critical race theory, Mike. Critical race theory believes that race is responsible for everything. The one white woman who did not get expelled was not expelled by one vote. You have no idea why the one Republican flipped uh, their vote, do you? Are they friends? Could that possibly be? I mean, I understand you don't really have friends. You have people who pay you to do stuff and clients and things like that. So to a political hack, the concept of friendship is um, foreign. Michael Steele's the kind of guy who you have a conversation with him. You see this in Washington all the time. You can just watch him have it. They, they, they don't look at the person they're talking to. They look at everybody else around them. Why? Because what if somebody more important comes along? What if somebody important comes along? They're looking for the next butt to kiss because while they're down there, they'll try and pick the pocket. That's the Michael Steeles of the world. But don't worry. He's, he knows what critical race theory is. Just don't ask him to define it. And all those Republicans, by holding black men to a standard, they are embracing critical race theory. Well, hell, I wish that were what critical race theory was, Mike. If that's what critical race theory was, then, yeah, you'd, you'd have Republicans lined up to embrace critical race theory, holding people to account regardless of their skin color, holding people to these same standards. Here's the plain language of a rule or a law, and if you violate it, you will be held accountable. Colorblind society almost, you know, the statue of justice, the way it's been traditionally portrayed, is wearing a blindfold, not holding the scales and being blindfolded, meaning that justice is blind, that justice doesn't care what you look like or who you are or whatever. The scales will be balanced through that. Whereas the progressive statue of justice is peaking, if you can even say it, that they actually have, it's not peaking. They have, it's not even a binoculars. It's a microscope. They want to know everything. They want to know who you're sleeping with. They want to know your skin color. They want to know your genealogy. Look, you can, you can look a certain way and be something else. You need to, the one-drop rule was instituted by Democrats in the South. Yes, they did. The Nuremberg racial purity rules were very similar to what Democrats did in the South. The Nazis over there, like I say, they're ideological brethren. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. Progressives are progressives regardless of their geographic location. And they all use different methods. And they've all used the same methods, by the way, at different times. They just use whatever methods happen to be useful at any given moment. When you don't have any principles like Michael Steele, you can... uh, do so without any sense of irony or any loss of sleep. Like I say, the committed prostitute 
doesn't feel dirty at the end of the day. They just count their money. That's what I imagine Michael Steele does. I, I, I saw that this story on social media is talking about, and I'm done talking about Michael Steele and all these tools. Uh, this is a headline. These tech workers say they were hired to do nothing. So as you hear like layoffs in the tech sector and, oh, it's horrible. It's tra- they want to try. These are Democrat donors. These are people who made a lot of money, did very little and threw a lot of money at Democrats. Just want you to know what these people do and what they are. Wall Street Journal. Until last year, Madeline Machado, 33 years old, worked for Meta, which is Facebook. Except she says she didn't really work at all. Ms. Machado, who held the position as a recruiter, says that after joining the company in September 21, she spent much of her time in meetings that didn't accomplish anything and that the parent of Facebook and Instagram had too many recruiters and not enough work for them to do. Quote, we just don't hire anybody and, like, we still get paid. End quote. She said, first of all, if you string together a sentence with the word like in it, you probably shouldn't have the job. She said she told other recruiters in a viral TikTok video commenting on her experience. She added that she was paid $190,000 a year and told she wasn't expected to hire anyone in her first year, given that she's still learning the ropes. You imagine your job is to hire people. You're not expected to do that for 12 full months and you're paid Hundred and ninety thousand dollars for that job. I'd take that gig in a heartbeat. I could I can do nothing with the best of them. Honestly. I can sit on my rear end like you wouldn't believe. If it were an Olympic event, I would be the Michael Phelps of sitting on my ass. In recent weeks, the former tech workers former tech workers have posted similar videos racking up millions of views. They say they collected paychecks from large tech companies without doing much. Such confessions, which have drawn plenty of criticism online, aren't surprising. Executives and industry professionals say tech companies that boomed during the pandemic were flush with cash. They say and snapped up workers to build a deep bench and hoard talent from competitors, even if those workers weren't being fully utilized. This is the problem with the way our economy is and the stock market works. We don't really, a lot of our economy doesn't actually produce anything, but people make money anyway off of it. And they go, well, we need to grow the company. Well, we're making a profit. No, you need to throw that profit back into the business to grow the company because it's not about making profit. It's about propping up the stock price. There's a difference between making a profit and propping up the stock price. You can prop up the stock price and be wildly un- unprofitable. You can lose tons of money. That uh, we, we Crashed series on Apple TV Plus, it's a great example. This, this company was worth billions of dollars and it was just hemorrhaging money left and right. The absolute opposite of the way things should be. And you wonder why our economy is constantly teetering on the edge. It's hiring a bunch of people because they need to hire people, because they need to spend money, because they need to pretend that they're expanding when they're not expanding. It's just, I mean, mostly just jealous, to be honest with you at this point. But it's also rather disturbing because that house of cards will come down. I often, since we're talking about how insane leftists are, and really just, I mean, come on, it's, it's, it's sad. We're going to have to file this one under the heading, you 
you almost have to try to be this stupid. Mostly so far, and, and it didn't intend to be, but it probably will end up being, now that I think about it. The theme of today's show is the lack of self-awareness and introspection of the left. They seem, I can't say blissfully unaware, because there's nothing about them that seems to enjoy life in any way, shape, or form. They are miserably unaware of their own shortcomings and their own hypocrisy. They just, they don't seem to get it. And some of them are so damned stupid that they don't know any better. I'm looking at you, Michael Steele. And then others are conniving and uh, manipulating of reality. They're manipulating their audiences. Looking at you, Barack Obama, Randy Weingarten. Rashida Tlaib falls into the Michael Steele category. I can't believe she represents the district I grew up in. Tells you how screwed up my district. In fact, my niece was just in uh, Washington, D.C. and uh, was hanging around Rashida Tlaib. She's a big-time lefty, my niece. It's just like, oh, good God, what the hell is wrong with people? But um, there are some people who are just too dumb to recognize it, recognize the hypocrisy, recognize that while they really think that they, they really genuinely down to every fiber of their being, they believe they're calling out the other side. They believe they're calling out us. All they're really doing, doing is highlighting their own hypocrisy, their own fraudulence honestly. And that brings us to the uh, non-binary birthing people over at The View. I assume, they, I assume they can have children. I can't imagine who with, who would be willing, who would sign up, but at least at one point they could have. Their, their discussions of politics are that of somebody who eats paste well into their 50s. Not particularly bright, certainly not informative, and most definitely not informed. Ill-informed is, is an understatement. That brings us to Sunny, Sunny Houston. Now, Sunny is kind of funny because she cries racism all the time, and then she'll cry that she's being called a racist. Because she, she's only called a racist because she says and does racist things. You know, it's kind of weird. If, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck and poops in your backyard, maybe you're a Sunny Houston. She is positing how the GOP has no agenda they want to talk about. They don't want, they don't want to do anything. They just want power. They just want power. Essentially, that's what Democrats, they want power. The difference is Democrats actually have an agenda. They just won't tell you what it is. They'll pretend, we're for the working man. Joe Biden will go around and go, oh, we want to create some really good union jobs. And then he'll kill the Keystone Pipeline, which had thousands of union jobs. You go, wait, I have questions, Mr. President. I have questions here for you. And then, of course, they won't be answered. You won't get anywhere near him to be able to ask those questions, but if you just look at what he's saying logically and rationally, you go, that doesn't make any sense. You want union jobs, you just killed union jobs. What you really do is you favor the political flavor of the moment, whatever it happens to be, and if you can tie in other ways to make your donor base money, you'll do it. 
Maybe he'll say that uh, in 2024 he'll run on the platform of unionizing sex change surgeons. We'll unionize the doctors who genitally mutilate children. And that way we'll create good union jobs while providing gender-affirming care. It's only partially absurd, ladies and gentlemen. It's not even actually all that partial. But Sunny, good old Sunny over there, she looks at what's going on in this country and she sees what she sees a Republican Party that wants to do harm to everybody, that wants to damage children and elderly alike indefinitely. It wants to kill everybody, especially people of color, trans women of color. you got to love that. You want to kill everybody, especially well, if you're killing everybody. Is there a way to especially kill somebody? I don't know. But in her little rant here, she accidentally tells you what Democrats actually do. What Democrats actually do. It is, I would, if Sonny were smarter, I would say it's deflection. I just think she's wildly dumb and ignorant of what's going on around her because she lives in a, an impenetrable bubble. Listen to Sonny here from The View. Well, that's, that's what scares me more than anything, because, I mean, it's clear that the Republican Party is the, the party of dinosaurs, right? Mm-hmm. 1897. Um, it's clear that they don't have any uh, proposals. They don't have a platform right now. It's just grievance politics. It's just scaring people. What I worry about is they still want power. And when you still want power, the only way to get it when you don't have a platform is by cheating. And so that's when you see the gerrymandering. That's when you see um, people on college campuses being prevented from using their college ID to vote. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are actually attacking young voters rather than trying to recruit young voters. Oh, man. First of all, can you get a college ID without a driver's license or some sort of state ID? I don't think you just show up in the honor system's pinky swear. Yeah, I'm Bluto Brutowski, I swear to God. Take my word for it. All right, here you go. If you can't get yourself a state-issued photo ID, then you don't deserve to vote. But I love it. They don't have a platform. They don't have this. They just want power anyway. What? Well, Democrats desperately want power. Democrats are desperate for power. They are absolutely, they'd kill everybody listening to me right now in order to get power. They just want to do this, that, and the other. Oh, the gerry, gerrymandering. First of all, I think she called it gerrymandering. Gerrymandering. Well, she's never been to Maryland. Has she? Sunny there? The, the home of gerrymandering? But no, it's only bad when it's done against Democrats, don't you see? It's bad when it's done against Democrats. And what's funny, one of the things that the left uses to say, look at gerrymandering everywhere, it's so wrong. And Repu- the Republicans have a supermajority in Wisconsin legislature, the, and uh, Re- Wisconsin is in play, right? Democrats win statewide there on occasion, pretty regular as a matter of fact. And they say, well, the reason that the Republicans have the supermajority, that have majority at all, is gerrymandering. Democrats in the state are in two cities, Madison and uh, whatever the other one, Milwaukee. That's it. They're concentrated there. Everywhere else is Republican. So what are you going to do? Do you, you'd have to gerrymander 
Yeah, dare I say it. You'd have to gerrymander those two metropolitan areas into such a bastardized, thin-sliced pizza to spread those voters out over enough districts to make a difference. You just have to, and you can't. You want to talk about gerrymandering. You know, ger- gerrymandering, and and they just do that, and they won't let kids vote without ID. Yeah, there isn't anybody. I mean, there are a lot of It's weird now with Uber and, and Lyft and everything. How many teenagers don't want driver's licenses? But I'm sorry if your ass is too lazy to want a driver's license. You know, I don't want to drive. I want to use Uber and Lyft. Okay, fine. You don't get to vote. All right, you don't have to get drive with a driver's license, or you can just go get a state ID. But if you're not unwilling to do either of them, you get two years in between elections to get off your ass and do this thing. If you refuse to do it in those two years, I can't help you. In fact, I won't help you. I'll be against you. I ain't for you. I'm against you. Spare me. These are the kind of people who you know won't get off. They'll pile up garbage right on the table in front of them, even though on the other side of the table is the garbage can. Like, well, why don't you, why don't you just do that? Ah, no, no, will you throw this away from me? No, no, you, you can go to hell. I just, I love these leftists. That's exactly, they have, they have no gender, so they have to cheat. They have to cheat. Like what? Wiping out any sort of voter integrity measures. If the vote is so sacrosanct, why is making literally the bare minimum of effort to protect its integrity somehow a hate crime. Of course, Sonny Houston wouldn't be within a country mile of anybody who would think the way I do or ask a question like that. And if they uh, did, she'd probably scream that they were racist because that's all she's got. But it's the Republicans who are divisive, right? Well, just to show that it's not just whoopee, I mean, literally, you could pick any of the airheads on The View to illustrate this point. But next we come to Whoopi Goldberg. What Whoopi Goldberg here says about climate change, it just, one of the most amazing things to me is the Pauline Kael syndrome. And I've been using that a lot lately because it's illustrative of how media liberals work. They are the biggest group of elitists you could ever possibly imagine. Do you, how many people do you think Whoopi Goldberg comes into contact with on a daily basis that have a net worth south of 10 million? And, and con, not like her doorman probably isn't worth $10 million. She might know a couple of them's first names. But they're not invited to her parties. She doesn't take them. She might go, here's a a little something, something for Christmas or whatever. But it's more done in a condescending tone of I'm rich. They're poor. They're miserable. Here, Here, have $100 or something. None of her friends are not going to be fabulously. And it goes for all of the idiots on The View. So their world is wildly insulated, those airtight bubbles. And I stress the airtight because a lack of oxygen damages the brain. Um, So you get Whoopi Goldberg talking about climate change and how nobody's, nobody's even disputing it anymore in Whoopi's world. 
Now, the, the cocktail party I went to on the Upper East Side the other day, I couldn't help but notice that nobody, everybody was talking about climate change and nobody was saying it wasn't happening. Really? The Democratic Party fundraiser that I attended yesterday, I found that it was 100% consensus on uh, climate change. Things are changing. Where are those Republicans? Well, they're not at uh, Upper West Side cocktail receptions, and they're not at DNC fundraising dinners. Just just speculating. But Whoopi is uh, the ultimate Pauline Kale. Nobody around me talks about this. Therefore, nobody anywhere would be talking about this. Why? Because there's no more representative sample of Americans than multi-millionaires who employ security to keep normal people away from them. Am I right? That's what the view is. That's what Whoopi is. And the idea, you know, I've noticed in the last, I don't know, seven months, there hasn't been much denying of of uh, climate change going on. Yeah. I, you haven't heard them. You know, it used to be, well, I don't believe it. It's never yeah. happened. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And now they're like, yeah, I think my house just got blown down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the fourth or fifth yeah, time because true. another, you know, there's been so much evidence saying something is wrong. Yeah. I haven't heard anybody say this. Nobody's disagreeing with nobody. No way. No. Yeah, uh, your television has the image of MSNBC burned into it. And then maybe on Sundays you watch Meet the Press where host Chuck Todd stated unequivocally two years ago that he would not have anybody who doesn't agree and toe the party line on climate change on his show. He won't have deniers. The debate is over. The, the side that declared the debate over in the name of science, because they're very serious about science. They declared the debate to be over and refused to discuss it and refused to even entertain any semblance of the scientific method or discussion about it. They're amazed that nobody is uh, denying it in their orbit. It's weird. Rachel Maddow doesn't even talk about it anymore. Rachel Maddow was a, a huge science person no she wasn't she was uh, right along toe the party line this is what happens when you create your own little uh, biodome you start to believe that it's real you start to look at it and think oh well everybody agrees with me well no you're the one with the most money you are surrounded most of the day by people who work for you not too many people who work for you whoopie are going to chime in and say you know um the data actually should, we should be dead by now if the data were true and blah, blah, blah. Nobody's going to bring that up. You wouldn't hire anybody who'd have an independent thought, by the way, Whoopi. So it's not like you have to sit there if you're listening and you go, oh, I feel so bad for the assistance of Whoopi. They have to keep their mouth shut. There's no way on God's green earth Whoopi is going, oh, well, you were the head of the young Republicans in uh, in college. You were uh, a... Uh, a climatologist, actually, it's uh, you. You know what you're talking about. You are you volunteered for the Ron DeSantis camp. They're not going to hire anybody like that. They, it's not even like you'd be sitting there across the table from Whoopi with your resume, and she's discovering. Oh, wait a second, you you worked for the Club for Growth and the Heritage Foundation. No, that person, first of all, likely wouldn't apply for the job. But secondly would not get a shot at the gig if they did, if their resume accidentally, because of a a climate change-induced windstorm, blew the resume from the do-not-talk-to-this-person pile because they're conservative to the, you know what, this person could probably get you coffee pile.
It's actually a testament to conservatism that uh, they don't want anybody around them who thinks for themselves, who thinks coherently, who has opinions and is educated in ways that they do not understand and cannot comprehend. They don't want that around them because they're so threatened. So there's that. But I just, I love this idea that nobody talks about it anymore. People talk about it constantly. And when they try to do it anywhere, say in the public square or on a college campus, you little neo-Nazis come out and scream them down and chase them off campus with weapons. Riley Gates. In a, in a month, we'll be able to be going, nobody talks about how, you know, men are men and shouldn't be competing in women's sports anymore. Well, yeah, because they tried to beat the hell out of Riley Gaines when she did it out in San Francisco. It's amazing how not too many people will line up to have the crap beat out of them. Although, you hire security, and security actually acts the way the security is supposed to act, and they keep the little Nazis at bay. And what will the left say? Can you believe the violence that they're perpetrating? I don't know anybody who goes to a, a, a protest to throw bricks at a speaker expecting to get hit in the head with a beanbag. This is ridiculous. Yeah, God, to be a progressive. I don't know how these people live with themselves. They do so on a huge pile of money. But, I mean, what is your soul worth, Whoopi? Is it? Well, yours probably not. A whole lot, actually. Never mind. Forget it. I retract the question. I'm looking at Twitter. I see here this political story. God, you got to love these people. you got to love these people. Uh, Justin Jones, one of the Democrat... This is political. Justin Jones, one of the Democrat Tennessee lawmakers expelled from the legislature, vowed to attempt to return to his post. Quote, it's worth whatever sacrifice we have to give, he said. Now, he's, he's not going to give it. He's going to raise money from suckers. He's not going to make a sacrifice. He's trying to keep a job. <laughs> a new study, Associated Press, a new study finds that climate change is making major league sluggers into even hotter hitters, sending an extra 50 or so home runs a year over the fences. God, everything is climate change. Everything is climate change. But my favorite hot take on social media that I'm just seeing is, from CNN. I told you the other day about Bob Lee, the Cash App founder, the uh, tech entrepreneur who was killed in San Francisco, stabbed. Told you the story about how he went up to a car after he'd been stabbed, begging for help, and the car drove away. Going, Ew, get away, bleedy. Didn't help him, didn't stop, didn't care. CNN's hot take on this. The stabbing death of Cash App founder Bob Lee has prompted comments perpetuating the notion that San Francisco is dangerous and crime-riddled. But data shows violent crime, especially homicides, are well below that of many other cities of a similar size. And you go, wait, what? So your your defense for some reason why are you defending San Francisco? Why are you, well you're defending San Francisco because Nancy Pelosi. You're defending San Francisco because it is a Democrat stronghold. It is where progressive policies oftentimes are birthed. So what do you do? You say, oh, uh, 
We'll throw this in. We got to defend San Francisco. If, look, if we if people start to realize that San Francisco sucks, we might not be able to impose our insanity everywhere else. We might not be able to do that. So we must do it. You know, we have to defend San Francisco. So their defense is essentially it sucks everywhere, and some places more. Now that's a hell of a defense. That's a novel defense this is a crime ridden i'm looking at a house this house is infested with termites and everything's falling down and it smells like like death and feces and everything yeah but if you think this house is bad you should see the house around the block like well that doesn't that doesn't make this house good okay it doesn't it doesn't make san francisco good that other places suck more Crime is up relative. See, you don't go, you know, hey, man, I'm thinking about moving to Baltimore. Really? Well, well, I'd think about that before you did that because there's a lot of murder in Baltimore. You go, yeah, there is, but there's more murder in New York. Well, was I going to move to New York? (laughs) I wasn't going to move to New York. I'm not talking about, yeah, I know, I know you're thinking about moving to Baltimore, but you should really, and you're hesitant about that, but trust me, there are more people killed on a daily basis in Chicago. That's helpful information to somebody somewhere, I assume, but not really. Not, not, no. What? Why would you make that argument? You make that argument because you've got no other argument. Or you're stupid. I guess it could be that you're stupid. But I assume that you make that argument because you have nothing better. Like the best shot you got is it sucks everywhere. Other places worse, right? Tells you something about San Francisco, doesn't it? I think it does. As we wrap it up for today, I want to play you a little bit to show you what the hell has happened to uh, to science. Science is just, it's sad. Science is now consensus. At least, most people, when you think of science, you might think, okay, think of a scientist. If you said that to most people, somebody would say Albert Einstein. Somebody would say Stephen Hawking. Right up there, and maybe even more people than both of them would say Neil deGrasse Tyson. And it's pretty sad because Neil deGrasse Tyson, not, he's not a particularly bright human being. He's not a particularly good scientist. It's the, a testament to the party or the the power of television. If you put somebody on TV, like I always say with media, you automatically assume they know what they're talking about because why else would they be on TV? They do not get on TV because they are geniuses or filled with special knowledge or anything like that. They get on TV because they're good on TV and you don't have to be smart to be good on TV. In fact, many times it's, a hindrance. So Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about stars and he's on TV and he's mustachioed. He must know what he's talking about. He is one of these people who's doing serious damage to science because of his stupidity, like Bill Nye, the science guy. At least Neil deGrasse Tyson actually has the education. Bill Nye, the science guy, was a failed stand-up comic who was cast by a local Seattle I think it was Seattle, either Seattle or Portland public television station to play Bill Nye the Science Guy. He was cast in that role. He's played the science guy. They just gave it his name. He knows nothing of science. He did not study it. He hasn't even bothered. Well, I've read reports. Yeah, now, but you didn't you don't study it. You didn't go to school for it. You were a failed stand up comedian and actor. 
Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on a podcast recently talking about COVID. And what he said is really pathetic. I mean, let's just be honest. But it was it was full-blown pathetic. There's a list of top-ranking medical professionals. Let's take a look. I'm talking here. about, excuse me, medical Dr. professionals. Dr. Peter McCullough. No, no, no. I who, want to go through what happened consensus. here. This is, this I, is the problem I, I need with the, the consensus. The consensus. Okay, I just medical want, professional. I want you to... Uh, because no. the medical is so huge, I can find you an astrophysicist who is sure we've been visited the by aliens. Was, That's not the, the problem was... The problem was the scientific method died here, and this is the point I want to make. I, my it point, died a death here, need, and I need you to help me save it. Because Dr. Peter McCullough is the leading cardiologist Yes, titles don't matter here. It's, but what they, should they matter, don't matter? What matters should matter? Consensus. What should matter was that the consensus was not allowing to the table. Then you bring that person here and have this conversation I with have. them. Okay. I have. So you don't have to have the conversation with me. Don't have it. It's consensus. Don't have the conversation with it's consensus. Science is not consensus. Consensus is majority vote. It doesn't matter what percentage you put on it. It could be Fifty uh, percent plus one, or it could be a supermajority where you need sixty-seven percent. That's still not science. You know why? Because science is questioning of everything, constant questioning of everything, and things that are really quote settled science are the things about which all the questions have been answered, or the vast majority of the questions have been answered, and they've all been answered in one particular way. And they keep being answered in that particular way. To sit there and go, consensus, we need consensus, 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 consensus is not an answer. It's a dodge. It is a refuge for weak-minded individuals too damned stupid to make a rational argument or too lazy to. And worst of all, when it comes to so much of science that they all say there's a consensus, it is what? Non-stop. If you dare question anything, you're a denier. Climate change. You're a denier. Who are you? You can't do that, and you get deplatformed. You get banned from various uh, areas of polite society. Like I said earlier, Chuck Todd will never have you on Meet the Press. He's already laid down the gauntlet. I will not have climate deniers on there, which means agree with me or else. It is a way to end debate. If you have the facts on your side, you should welcome any and all comers to come and challenge you and your take on any issue. You know why? Because you would be able to bat them away like an annoying little fruit fly. Just get away. You can't do that, so you instead try to prevent them from being able to talk doesn't matter politics or science consensus now neil degrasse tyson is a big lefty not a deep thinker a big lefty how do you think neil degrasse tyson and all of these people who are out there insisting that science is about consensus would feel if say christian conservatives flooded the field of biology but it would take a little while, 10 years, really people nudging kids towards it, incentivizing people to study it, scholarships being offered for Christian conservatives to major in biology, to go into the field of bi- biology. And suddenly you get an overwhelming, because through atrophy, people would 
retire, die, who are currently in the field of biology, they would be replaced by Christian conservatives. And then they held a vote. Let's say when life begins. Life begins at conception. A majority of biologists or a supermajority, whatever it is that you need to find that magical number where Neil deGrasse Tyson will sit there on the High Wire podcast to go, consensus, consensus, consensus. You reach that number pretty easily. Would then Neil deGrasse Tyson support the majority, the consensus in biology, saying that abortion needed to be banned everywhere in the country because life doesn't begin at birth, but life begins at conception? I promise you. I promise you, right then, Neil deGrasse Tyson would immediately go, uh, they don't have the right credentials. They're in there with their own agenda. I don't support consensus. The so-called consensus, when it came to the shot, involved a bunch of people who were invested heavily in the pharmaceutical industry. The so-called consensus in climate change is people who are not climatologists, just in various sciences, many of them in biology, who are desperate and realistically dependent upon government grants. And the government, the deep state, wants climate change to be true. They want global warming to be true. So you get a majority vote only when you get to pick the pool of voters. It's funny, the very same people who go, they're suppressing the vote. Suppress the vote when it comes to establishing a consensus of anybody who disagrees with them. It's why it's almost fascistic, isn't it? It's weird how that works out. I think it's weird. But then I think lots of things are weird. Anyway, it is not weird that it is out of time for today. Happy Monday to you. And oh, yes, I owe you winners, don't I? Winner, don't I? The winner, and I should be able to pronounce this name. They chose the Brad Thor book. So there you go. Brad Thor was Lucille Van Omering. Omering? Omering? Van Omering? Van Omering? However it is, congratulations to you. Lucille, you have a message from me in your Patreon inbox to uh, send me your address, and I'll send you the book. You throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. That means that Mike Huckabee is back again next week, and he goes against... This is a good one. This is a good one. I mean, it's a soft cover book, so it's, you know, it's a soft cover paperback. But... It is the first woman to serve on the Supreme Court, Sandra Day O'Connor. I met her at a stack of books, not a stack of books. I had like five books for her to sign at an event at the D.C. Convention Center for like national book. I don't know what the hell it was. It was something, Salman Rushdie. It was a bunch of people there. Um, it is the majesty of the law. She signed a bunch of books for me, but like she wouldn't, she like wrote the foreword for a brother, a book of her brother's. And she wouldn't sign that one. I don't know why. It just seemed just put. I mean, I'll, I'll sign whatever book you put in front of me. Pretty much, it's just rude. To, but anyway, I'm not a Supreme Court justice, and I didn't. She had a huge line. So yes, it is personally autographed by Sandra Day O'Connor. Like I say, it's a soft cover, but it's in pretty good shape. And Supreme Court, it's uh, Sandra Day O'Connor. Probably cost you a pretty penny to get her autograph on eBay and stuff. And the places that sell autographs charge you even more. So you could probably sell this for a pretty penny. So it's Mike Huckabee versus Sandra Day O'Connor at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or Derek Hunter.locals.com. 
Check it out. Support the show. That's what you get, the gratitude, the appreciation. So sign up if you're not already a member. Thanks. We'll see you tomorrow.